Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Man, how did I do on that intro? That was amazing. I've been working on some intros, and Melissa is having me just delete them over and over again. Yeah. I wanted to come in with a real strong, a real strong radio voice. Yeah. But no. It was a little over the top. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. <laughs> How exciting. How would y'all like to listen to that for the oh, next man. 20 minutes? Woo! You know what? You sound like a... um. You sound like at the rodeo or something. Oh, at the rodeo. Yeah. Oh, Wait, how? no, no. It's not the rodeo. It's... It's that thing in Branson, the north and the south. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. What the you're Dolly, doing. the Dolly Parton Dixieland Stampede. Yeah, is that what it's called? Dixieland Stampede. Dixie. Dolly Parton, something Stampede. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is awesome though. When you go to is that are they still allowed to have that? <laughs> I don't know. Because you go in and they split you up. And half half are the north, and half are the south. Yeah, I wonder if they... That doesn't seem very politically yeah, correct. Yeah. I bet you can still get away with that in Branson, though. I don't know if y'all have ever been to Branson. Branson is um, one of the most amazing places on earth. I love it. Don't you love Branson? I like Branson It's a, a neat little place. It's in Missouri. Missouri. Not too far from um, the birth... Not the birthplace, but the no. home place of Laura Ingalls Wilder. I guess really when she got old, she lived there. Yeah. Her and Almanzo. <laughs> Is that the way you say his name? Is it Almanzo? I think so. Alfonso? Was that his no, name? No, it's Almanzo. Yeah, Almanzo. So anyway, um, we've been to Branson several times. On trips, and I always say Branson is what what the United States of America would have been like if there had been no rock and roll. Like if rock and roll had never happened, you would have Branson. Yeah. You know, it's just such a it's family friendly. But we saw Chuck Berry there. It's clean. He's pretty rock and roll. And we did not see Chuck Berry there. I think Chuck is Chuck Berry still alive. Oh, wait, who did we see? We saw Chubby Checker. Man. Oh, Chubby Checker. Hey, that's yeah, rock and roll. Were, the twist. He was he was a rocker, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, in your mind, you just think, come on, baby. That's all you think. Like, you think Chubby Checker. You just think Chubby Checker and the Fat Boys. <laughs> Remember Chubby Checker and the Fat Boys doing the twist? Yes. Now, if you're a child of the 80s, your introduction to Chubby Checker was a rap video by these guys called the Fat Boys who had, who, remember their movie? <laughs> they made a movie like they were orderlies in an, in an old folks home. Do you remember I that? I don't remember that. What was that? Well, I don't know what that was called, but there was a Fat Boys movie. But anyway, the Fat Boys redid the twist and they got Chubby Checker in. And so then, you know, they showed that they were doing the twist and all that. So that's kind of in my mind what Chubby Checker was until I saw him in concert. And then I discovered, along with a bunch of other senior citizens in the room, including Chubby Checker, that Chubby Checker is one of the hardest working guys in show business. He, when we saw him, he was 80. No, he wasn't 80. He was 80. He was not 80 years old. He was 80. You are, there's no way. There's no way. That is, you're making up numbers. 
I'm looking it up. How old is Chubby Chucker? See, he's only 76. He must have been 70. But in your mind, he was 80. I guess so. You stand corrected, don't you? I do. Yeah. He was not 80 I'm years old. I'm always wrong about you, things like you that. You're always wrong. <laughs> And that I was probably that probably that was six, so he was seventy because that in was six my years mind, old. He was eighty, but I mean eighty eighty year old. I, I mean, I bet Chubby Checker at eighty is still going to be amazing, but it won't be quite as amazing as Chubby Checker at seventy. Because <laughs> that guy was working so hard. That was, was a strange night, wasn't it? He was sweating so bad. <laughs> but he because he, he he was even doing the spin move. He was dancing. He was dancing. He was so good. He was a great con. You would think. Oh, Chubby Checker's a one-hit wonder? No. He's a great singer. He's a great, he's a you great guys, entertainer. You guys, at 80 years old, he was still a great singer. <laughs> he was 70. <laughs> he was old, though. He was old, and he was he was good. Yeah, so Chubby, um, I'm going to look. So do you remember, what was the strangest part of that, that night? Do you remember? There was a man there that was dressed as Captain Jack Sparrow. What, what was that? I mean, it was so weird. Yeah, so the Fat Boys movie was called The Disorderlies. Do you remember that? I know. I think it was like straight to I doubt I was allowed to to watch that. I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it, but I somehow knew about it. So, I don't know. It was some kind of movie. So, there was a man just in the crowd who was there to see Chubby Checker who was dressed like... Captain, Captain Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. He was there. He was From there. From head to toe. And we would see him. I, I think we saw him in Branson. More, you know, and Branson's not that big. So I think, I, I want to say we saw him other places too. Do you think he was in a show? No, I think he was weird. Do I think he was just he one. Was he was, just... he was there on vacation with his parents. And he, and his thing was that he dressed like Captain Jack Sparrow. That was just his thing. He looked exactly like him. He, and he kind of walked around like him. Yeah. And I'm sure he got a lot of attention and people liked to take pictures with him. So you know his. So thing here's the weirdest part. Working for is him. that at one point Chubby Checker gets all of the men in the crowd. It was a very small theater that mm-hmm. wanted to to come up on stage to do the twist and dance with him to do the twist with Chubby Checker. So it was um, during the twist, right? Yeah. So 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 some men got up there. There were maybe like twelve or so men who got on stage. A few from our church. We was on a church trip. That's a thing. Sometimes churches do is they take a bunch of old people to Branson. So. Chad, you know, gets up there and he out twists Chubby Checker. My gosh, it was one of my, I was really working it. And um, Chubby Checker was so entertained, but in all the pictures (laughs) that I have of Chad twisting with Chubby Checker, there's Captain Jack Sparrow standing right behind him. It's so weird. Captain Jack was loving my twist. (laughs) Like he had not smiled the whole trip with his parents until I made his night by doing the twist. Yeah, you know, it's so. pretty great. We had some fun on that that trip. That was a good trip. Yeah. So we got to see um, Chubby Checker and. How did we even get on this topic? I don't know, boy. That's that's one of those things. We we're talking about Branson. Oh, the North and the South. Oh, yeah. So that, another thing about that is you get to you know we, I think we went to Dixieland Stampede with our kids though, right? We took a vacation up there. Yeah. And one of our shows that we saw. Was the Dixieland Stampede, which is a dinner show, 
and they bring you in, they separate you north. So you root, if you're on the north side, you root for the guys, you know, that they do little competitions. It's like barrel racing kind of things. It's, it's exactly like um, medieval times, if you've ever been. I've never there. been to medieval, medieval times, but yeah, it's a, it's a competition and you're rooting for your team and the guy comes on there and. He, I was, I guess, I was kind of doing his voice when we started. The North and the South. Welcome to your mom has a blog. <laughs> Melissa's been excited about our May Madness all night. Okay, so we're on day three of May Madness, where we are podcasting every day for the month of May. Thirty-one things to teach your kids. Mm-hmm. So we're on number three. Yeah, and I want to just say, you know, when you sit down and you think of a list of 31 things, some of them are going to apply to some people more than others. Some are going to be more, have some more depth to them than others. You might not even agree with everything Melissa says. Um, I assume you'll agree with everything I say, but uh, that you know, may, may not be true either. There may be someone out there that uh, just uh, rejects wisdom. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I am I've been known to say some some dumb things um, from minute to minute. So if you disagree with some of these things, that's okay. And you know what you can do? You can start your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get to number three. So number one was let's do a recap. Number one was you don't remember what number one was? I'm trying to remember. It had such an impact on me that... Do you remember? <laughs> I can't remember either. <laughs> That's been so long ago. To be, was it to be a fun person? It was to be a fun person. Oh, okay. Um, number one was to teach your kids not to be too cool for anything. Yeah, not to be too cool to do things. Number two was... Show them an authentic kids. Christian marriage. Yeah. And, and number tonight is teach your kids life skills. Mm-hmm. So this is what I wrote down, how to clean a toilet. That, is that what we're going off of right now? No. We're going off of another one. Why does it oh, matter? Well, I've got them, uh, how to clean a toilet, sweep, and clean a car. You, you marked that one out. Yeah, because I wanted to elaborate on it. Right. Okay, so how to do basic life skills. Now, what, what um, I have in mind on this one, because I wrote this one down. And I didn't get this one from something that you'd written previously. So here's, here's the setup of why I think this is important, why you need to teach your kids things. Because I, somehow in my life, I've worked with a lot of kids as a youth minister, as a teacher, just as you have as well. Yes. Okay. So we've worked with a lot of kids. And sometimes you ask kids to do things like, you know, can you throw that away? Um, can you wipe down that table? Can you bring that in for me? You ask, sometimes you ask kids to do something very simple, you know, and they look at you like they have no idea what to do. How to get dirt into a trash can. They're like, how, how do you do that? It's so small. How do you pick, you know, they don't, they don't get the concept of use a broom and a dustpan and get it in the trash. Right. So, uh, we take kids to children's camp every year and I, you know, it must be terrible to go to camp with me. I feel sorry for kids that have to do it because I am very, I'm very much a stickler for the way that we, um, 
keep our cabin clean. So I, I have the boys clean the cabin. We get everything up off the floor. Everything goes back into your suitcase. Everything needs to be folded and be nice. And then the bathrooms need to be clean. And so we're taking fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade boys to a place uh, where their parents aren't. Most of their parents aren't there. And so, you know, they, the to- if the toilets get dirty, there's no one to clean the toilets except them. And they just, it blows their mind that someone actually touches a toilet to clean it. <laughs> yeah. I say, here's the stuff. If you, if, you've not, if you need to go number two and it's dirty, then here's the stuff you need to clean it. And they're like, what? what? So don't let your kids be that kid. So how do you keep your kid from being the one that doesn't know how to sweep, doesn't know how to clean a toilet? What do you do, Melissa? Well, I think that there's maybe something bigger at stake here than just, you know, if you send your kid to camp and they don't know how to do things. There is nothing more important than a clean toilet, Melissa. I think from a mother's perspective, I would say that I had a revelation a few years ago as I was here. We have a family of five and one person, namely me, was Mm. trying to clean up after all of these five people. And I realized one day, this is craziness. One person cannot pick up after five people. True that. And so I realized that there was going to have to be a sharing of responsibility in the home. And that is the best thing for everyone involved, Mm -hmm. not just the mother, but also the children. And you can start really young with kids teaching them certain skills. Emerald, uh, two years ago, we started doing chores um, where they had a list of chores that they did. Emerald has five chores that she does. So what are are her? Go through these because I think that might be helpful for people. So Emerald is six now. When she was almost five, I guess, we started doing these. And her chores are, one of them is go pick up all the shoes Mm -hmm. in the house and take them to the appropriate closet. So I give her a laundry basket. She goes around the house and picks up all the shoes that are on the floor. And with five people, somehow... Shoes are everywhere. There are a billion shoes. Do y'all have that same problem at your house? There's just shoes everywhere? Yeah, lots of shoes. Okay, and um, another one of her jobs is pick up all of her things all over the house. And she has a lot of things all over the house, too. Yeah. One of her jobs is to clean up her room. Mm-hmm. One of her jobs is to take her clean laundry to the to the dresser. You know, put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess she just has four. Okay, those are her four jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, Sawyer's a little bit older though, and his job has been laundry sorter. Well, he did laundry sorting um, for about a year, and then I switched it where Adelaide did laundry sorting because I wanted them to know how to sort laundry. That is one thing as a homemaker that I am particular about is the laundry sorting. Now, this is a this is an interesting topic for all of us um, that we can all learn from Melissa. Melissa has taught Melissa teaches people things. Uh, when we got married, <laughs> are you saying I'm bossy? <laughs> I'm saying that uh, I'm saying you got some good ideas. Oh, thanks. Like I had always, and I always in my life had had smelly feet. <laughs> So I went till I went, you know, for years thinking, golly, my feet, I don't want to take my <laughs> shoes off. My feet will stink. 
And then I got married to you, you know, when you get married to somebody, you know, you, you shower in close proximity, uh, you know, uh, you see other people's habits and I don't know, I hope I've been, I hope that there've been beneficial things, um, for you being married to me. Hope you've learned some things. One thing I learned from you though, is you actually have to wash your feet. (laughs) I just think, you know, man brain, man brain thinks, well, golly. I mean, your feet are wet and soap runs down your body. I'm seeing that soap run down on my feet. What's the problem? Right. But you actually have to take, and then there's like loofahs and implements that clean things, you know. Yeah. You you can scrub your body with things. The crazy thing is we had probably been married for five years before I discovered you don't wash your feet. Mm. Well, you didn't then. So I think you were about 30. Yeah, when um, so you learn to wash your feet. Great 13 years. The last 13 years have been not smelly. Yeah, so they, they smelled go. a lot less worse. <laughs> but, you, you know, know, that really taught me something whenever I found out you were 30 and didn't know how to wash your feet because it has led me to... I mean, to... I knew how to wash my feet. I mean, I had washed <laughs> my feet before if they were dirty. You didn't I, know you should wash your feet. I didn't know feet. that that... I, and, I, and I'm sure that every now and then I would... You know, if they were itchy, wash them. <laughs> or if they were getting a rash, I would pay a little more attention to them. But I don't want to say that I never wash my feet for 30 years. I mean, I, mean, I would wash them because I, they smelled. I mean, I would, I would be like, my feet really smell. I need to wash them. And I would get soap and wash my feet. But what I didn't realize is, like, that should be part of your routine every day. Right. But see, that's that's a good story to tell because I'm, the more we tell it, though, I feel like it's a bad story to tell because it's a like good reminder to parents that you can't assume that your kids know how to do things. After that happened, you know, and then we had children, then I was careful to teach them how to wash their feet. I teach them how to wash their rear ends. You got, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Rear end washing. Yeah. I mean, because I think you just gotta you just gotta remind them when they get in the shower. Wash your feet and wash your privates. Right. Get them clean. Yeah. Get your bottom clean. Get everything down there clean. Because if if you don't tell them to do it, they don't brush their teeth. They don't clean themselves. But there are a lot you know? of things that you that you need to teach your children in order to help them be productive members of society, not just hygiene-wise. But where they can be helpful and where yeah. they take they, they take responsibility in things. Your kids, you know, the, the more that you teach them to pitch in at home and help take care of things, the more you will see them when they're at church or they're at school pitching in, you know, and realizing somebody has to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help take responsibility for some of this as well. Yeah, it's nice to, and it's nice to be able to... Um, know how to do something when when you're asked to do it in the moment. I mean, I'm not the most handy of persons, but I know how to do a lot of things, either that I've learned or picked up when I was a kid or taught myself. And so I I want Sawyer and Adelaide to, to know how to, to get certain things done. So I know this sounds crazy, but this this is a very um it's a very basic thing to think about in parenting is you think something we I came home today. We went to this dinosaur um, kind of exhibit at the school. Sawyer and I did. And we got home. Uh, we also ate. I had a patty melt tonight. Do you like patty melts? 
I'm sure I would. I like Texas toast and I like hamburgers. Yeah, it's like a hamburger on, on Texas toast. Yeah. Had sautéed onions. Uh, had it at the burger barn. It was fantastic. He he made it for me. And, and in case I didn't like it, he also made me a quarter pounder. So Did you eat both of them? Yeah, they were good. <laughs> That's bad, right? I shouldn't have done that. But, so, I repent of that. I'm sorry. It sure was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would just been like eating a half pound burger, like two quarter pound patties. I, I would have had a double with bacon. I didn't even have the bacon. So anyway, so Sawyer and I went to the thing at five thirty. <laughs> it was so crowded that we decided to go eat hamburgers. So we went and got the hamburgers, and then we went back over there to the dinosaur thing, looked around for a little while. It was fun, and then we had some time left. So we, I said, "Let's go and work in the yard." I said, "You can help me." Oh, I can. Yeah, you can help me. And. uh so we were edging the yard, and then I was showing him how to edge it, and I showed him how to sweep. And he was sweeping, but he didn't know how to sweep. You know, I know I've showed him before, but you just have to keep, you know, teaching him. This was he he swept pretty well with the with like the broom that you use in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like a like a regular little broom. But on the big broom, you know, he's just now kind of big enough to work that big big broom the way it's supposed to be worked, and he was doing okay with it. But I had to stop and say, okay, put your hand here and here, and then, you know, short little sweeps, short sweeping motions. We'll, we'll, get it, we'll get it cleaner. And I went off and did something else in the yard, and I came back, and he was doing the short little, and he'd done a good job. Yeah. But you have to stop and show him. You have to say, okay, here's how you clean a toilet. You get a paper towel or a sponge, or you get whatever, you know, however you clean a toilet. Uh, I use paper towels uh, mostly. And I, you know, get get or or a Clorox wipe or Lysol wipe, whatever those are called. And I and I sh- I show them how to do it. Um, you have to show them how to vacuum. You have to actually teach them to do it several times. Yeah. Because if you don't teach them how to do it well, they do a bad job at it, and it doesn't help anybody. Well, what I've noticed is that when you really stop and take the time to teach the kids something, um, they. It gives them confidence right? in their ability to do these things. I remember the day that you spent a good portion of the day teaching Adelaide how to clean a bathroom. Oh, yeah. Well, after you did that, then she felt like, I am good at cleaning bathrooms. That's how she felt. Mm-hmm. She knew how to do it. Sawyer, when I came home, was very excited about working in the yard with you. He was proud of the work he'd done. Mm-hmm. He showed me where he swept and yeah. and told me what hard work it was, you know. And I could tell he felt good about the fact that he had done that hard work and he had learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just so important that we don't um, just assume that kids will learn how to do this stuff when they have to mm-hmm. or that they already you know, can figure it out intuitively because they they really can't figure it out intuitively. They cannot figure it out. And do a good job. Yeah, and the worst thing is kids that just, you know, where it just seems foreign to them to have to actually help and do anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's what adults do. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of, it's sort of, sort of in that same vein of, you, you know, that, well, I, you know, I don't have to do that because I'm a kid. I don't have to stand up when the music's going on in church because I'm a kid. I can sit down and color. You like, have no. no idea how many women have talked to me about their marriages <clears throat> who have led with something like this. Well, it's really been hard because his mother, you know, he grew up in a home where his mother did everything for him. 
Mm. And, and when that happens, when a man grows up in a home where his mother does everything for him, he becomes a husband who expects his wife to do everything for him. Mm. And that creates a lot of tension and disharmony in a marriage because marriage is a partnership. It's not where one person is, is you know, just serving the other one as if they are a servant, you know, that is being paid to be a, a maid. Mm-hmm. It is serving one another, <laughs> not just the wife serving the husband. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates a lot of uh, conflict. If your husband comes out of his home as after, after he grows up and he does not know how to do anything, he has no yeah. skills. Yeah. That's a terrible place to be as yeah. a grown man. Yeah. You need yeah. to know how to do things. And the things that we do are important. I mean, that's uh, scripture says that even a child is known by his actions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the things that we do are the way that people know what we're like. And so if you have a helpful child and you have, you know, you just think about the basic uh, command to love one another, to, to outdo one another in honor, uh, to, to, to be helpful, to, to serve uh, in, in the way that, that Christ has served us and the, taking that lower position, you know, in the upper room right before his crucifixion to in trial and crucifixion to wash the feet of the disciples and to serve them in that way that part of raising a christian kid is giving them an uh, that um i guess that showing them giving that example of when someone asks you to walk one mile you walk two yeah and so to, for them to to I, just it's so great when you and think about that when you do find when you do come across a person or especially a child who is there anything else I can do to help? Mm. Is there anything else I can do? And you mm-hmm. got some kids that are just you know goofing around and they're they're not considerate at all. And then you have those kids that that are just attentive and you think uh, someone really raised this kid the right way. Right. I saw a kid walking down the street today and I hollered at him. And said, hey, uh, and I knew his name and I said, how's it going? And he never looked up from his phone as he's walking as he's walking by. Mm-hmm. He was looking at texting, looking down at his phone. And I was trying to engage him in a conversation. And finally I said, are you, just, are you not going to look at me when I speak to you? Are you that rude? <laughs> and the kid looked at me like, am I in trouble? And I said, come over here and talk to me. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to have a conversation with you. And I thought, I guess I felt a little bit mean when I did that. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of mean? Um. But, I'm ti- but, I'm, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm tired of that. Like, I'm tired of... That you, you here is a a teenage kid, a young teenager, and he's walking down the road. I think it's and, important and that a, kids realize, you know, yeah, when I, someone's I, talking to you. Yeah, you need to... I'm kind of a big deal, man. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a grown up. Yeah. You know, and I'm the pastor of the church. Okay, I'm not that big of a deal, but you know, I. I <laughs> In my mind, I I think you know I. Well, you're another least, you're another human. I'm a being. human being. I at yeah. least warrant you. Maybe if I'm talking to you, maybe looking up from your phone for a few seconds and smiling at me and engaging right. me. And I thought, you know, uh, I can't believe that he won't even. I mean, he he knows who I am. I'm his daughter. You know, our daughter goes to school with him. So you know, here's it. It just boggles my mind how it's so easy to let these kids become people who uh, are rude. They are rude. They're unhelpful, and they're rude. 
And so I guess it, for your mom has a blog podcast listeners, I'm saying don't let your kids be rude people. Don't let them be like this. I mean, we're complaining about people and we're saying, you know, you know, your kids might wind up being rude. Your kids might wind up being, you know, troublemakers. But that should be in spite of everything you've done and not because you just let them be whatever they want it to be. I mean, they need you to tell them how to act. Yeah, we're not saying that our kids are never rude. I'm, I know they are. Um, they're, rude no, to, no, they're rude to us. No, nobody's perfect. <laughs> but getting back to the idea of teaching skills, we're getting a little bit off track with the phone thing. Yeah, but I think you kind of made a good point, though, that it really, you, you teach the skills and then it, you know, the, the teaching the skills uh, hopefully would, would you know, uh, translate over into them being, you know, productive, good citizens and, and yeah. re, uh, reasonable, likable people. But when go you, back to the skills. When you teach them that they, um, that they have responsibilities and they're part of this thing too, I think it helps them to be more outwardly focused and less, less self-centered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you're the type of parent who thinks, well, kids should be kids while they can be kids. They need playtime. They need time, you know, downtime. I feel the same way. I'm very big on kids having free time because I've always been the type of person that needs free time like that. I I need that. I need downtime. I I don't want to work 24-7 the way Chad sometimes does. But kids doing chores, that literally takes 20 or 30 minutes out of a day. Yeah. And um, also, we, we don't pay our kids for chores. No. I heard somebody say, um, my allowance was I was allowed to live in my parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I just think it's important for kids to learn these skills. It gives them confidence, helps them to feel like they're a part of the team, helps them to realize that things don't just magically get done in your home Mm -hmm. or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Everywhere they go, people are making things happen. Right. And they can be part of helping to make things happen. Yeah. They need to keep their eyes open and look for ways that they can help. And they're, they're just more cognizant that toilets don't clean themselves and floors just don't get clean, you know, magically. Exactly. They know, they know how these things happen. And so I think it makes them more considerate of others who have to actually clean things and do right. things for them. So, and we have, we have to remember we're training future husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. Mm-hmm. So we want them to go out of our homes with some competence yeah, where things. they can be good partners, good roommates, you know, when they go to college and things like that. Mm, yes. Yes. That, that's a good one. This was been, this has been good. I, I'm glad I got this off my chest. I feel like I complained a little bit tonight. That's was okay. I, was I kind of whiny? No. I felt a little bit whiny, but I think that's so, it's really important. I guess when you work with kids, you see, you see this. Yeah. And, and you're right. No kid. It's perfect. Our own kids are not the best at this. But I think we should take responsibility at least to say, if they don't sweep well, let's actually give them some instruction. Right. If they don't, you know, if their toilets are dirty, let's show them how to make them clean again and then well, hold and that, them accountable for what they know how to do. And that's something that I've learned from you and watching you be a dad is that I am the type of mother who I say, go clean your room. I walk in, it looks clean, and I'm satisfied. You walk in, and you go directly to the bed. Under the bed. I look under the bed. And you pull everything out from under the bed. Yeah, and I say things like this. Y'all, y'all thought this was clean? 
Yeah. You, you, you thought this was clean? Look at all this stuff. You just threw everything under the bed. And then I start sweeping it out with my arm. I say, get under there. Make, get everything out from under the bed. Yeah. Your closet's a mess. You just threw things in the closet. This isn't organized. And so you make them, you know, but, you know, sometimes you have to just help them clean. Yeah. With Emerald, I, I do that. I will get it. If she, if she asks me and begs me enough, you know, she just doesn't want to be alone. You right. know, she's a lot like me in some ways, isn't she? I don't like to be alone either. Yeah. I, I like to have someone, I, even if it's just listening to somebody talk, I like to just hear someone talking while I'm Chad doing work. Chad is an extreme extrovert. Yeah. In fact, right before we recorded this podcast, he went to take a shower and he asked me to go in there and talk to him while he was taking a shower because he cannot spend five minutes in the shower <laughs> without conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's the same way. She doesn't like to be in there by herself. She's, she, she needs somebody in there to help her clean the room. Yeah. She'll do some things. While, you know, She'll clean it when you're in there. And she also doesn't like cold food, which is the other thing that it's a lot yes. like me. Yes, oh my goodness. Y'all and your cold food. I just can't handle it. I, if, especially if you can make it hot so easily. Like there's microwaves. There is literally a microwave in every building. Can I give one more tip about teaching your kids skills? Go for it, and then we'll wrap it up. Teach your kids that if someone has per, um, prepared a meal <clears throat> for them, and then the person says, it's time to eat. Okay. It's extremely rude to not immediately stop whatever you're doing and get up and walk to the table. Do people do that? What? Not go to the table? Yeah. Do I do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was sort of like a passive-aggressive way to get me to come no. to the table? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it is a thing that I have noticed at, at family gatherings, you know, and things. Whenever the food is ready, and I've watched a woman um, slave over this food to try to get it all on the table hot, which is hard to do. If you don't cook meals, it's hard to get everything hot at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you do it. You accomplish it. You get everything on the table, and then it takes people 10 minutes to get to the to table. To walk over there. You're right. Oh, That's my really goodness. Rude. So teach your kids when it's time to eat, and I say dinner's ready, everything immediately is turned off, games are stopped, mm -hmm. and we walk to the table and we eat. That sounds good. After we wash our hands. <laughs> <laughs> and if your food is cold, don't say anything about it. Yes. Right? Just get up, put it in the microwave. No. That's what I do. That's what I do. No. Put it in the microwave for a few seconds. Everything's fine again. The polite thing to do is just to eat the food. I can't do it. Eat whatever's set before you. But if there's a microwave five feet away. If it's me, that's fine. But if it's other people, it's rude. I'm sorry, Chad. It's rude. It's rude to heat your food up. Yes. It's so, rude. So, but you, so you're saying if someone works really hard to get a meal for you, and they put that meal in front of you, and it's cold... And they want you to enjoy it. You're saying they would begrudge you heating it up in a microwave? It will embarrass them if you get up and go heat it up in the microwave. I do it all the time. No one seems embarrassed. Are people embarrassed by that? You do it all the time where? <laughs> I mean, anywhere I am. If the food is cold, I heat it up. Should I ask the one who cooked it to heat it up? No. <laughs> Oh, you need to sit down and eat your food. No, not a hey. Some somewhere you got to draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Oh. I'll eat it lukewarm. 
You, you I'll eat it room temp. No. But if it's cold, then I can't eat it. Rude. <laughs> I want to know what you think, listener. Dear listener, is it is it is it so wrong of old Chad? Chad, you you better Chad, get ready because everybody is going to tell you how when, rude this is. When old Chad sits down at a table, and the food's a little cold. I think if it's your wife, then you know, and your wife knows that you know you have an obsession with food hotness. Then that's fine. But if it's someone else, if you've been invited to someone's home and they serve you a meal and you get up and put it in the microwave, oh my gosh. Well, I wouldn't do it if so it's. Rude. I would not do that if it wasn't a family member. I have it on good authority that you did it recently to someone who was not a family member. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> did you talk to him? Or you just no, say that you I. You told him. Yeah, I, to, I told him myself, yeah. Okay, we've got to wrap this up. Yeah. But um, just trust me, everyone's going to agree with me that that's rude. They're not going to have listened for this long. Chad, when you were 30, I taught you to wash your feet. Now that you're 43, <laughs> I'm going to teach you it's rude to heat up your food. Oh, I just I just don't know if people are going to agree with you. We'll find out. I think that... Y'all let us know who's right. It, I'm just <laughs> saying under certain circumstances, if there is a familiarity... You have to you have to judge whether that's going to be rude. I have a rude judger in my heart. <laughs> you do have a rude judger in your heart. I have heart. a rude judger of my heart. My heart knows if this it judges whether or not going to the microwave is going to be um, rude or not. And sometimes it's just the way you say it. You just have to say, "Oh, you know, I'm going to heat this. Uh, I'm going to heat this up just a little bit more." You know, it, it's a way you say it. No, it's a it's a way you approach it. Nope. Yes. yes. Sorry. It's a way. I'm, you know, or you, you do this like, oh, you know what would be really good on if a little melted cheese. And then you got an excuse to pop that sucker in the microwave. <laughs> Eat it up. <laughs> There's some food that's good cold, like meatloaf and pizza. That's about it. Meatloaf is not good cold. Uh, I think everyone's going to disagree with you on two things now. Cold meatloaf <laughs> is one of life's delicacies. Okay, we've got to wrap this up. All right, teach your kids to clean toilets, and apparently, do not let them near a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all, come back tomorrow for number four. Number four tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.